what's up everybody welcome in good to see everybody on today goku i see you in the chat appreciate you man um yeah good to be with you guys today i got a really interesting one for you guys tonight we call it Holy Ghost Philanthropy with an exclamation point. And, um, what is it? Uh, an, uh, question mark. Because this is something that I heard a while ago, and I was thinking about how I wanted to include, how I wanted to talk about it, especially today. So, we're going to just jump right in. Let me change this thumbnail real quick on. YouTube, because, you know, got to get them clicks, you know what I'm saying? All right, save. All right, we're good. We're popping. All right. So we're calling it Holy Ghost Philanthropy. And basically, well, I don't want to get to, uh, I don't want to get too much into it. What's up, Jordan? Welcome in. By the way, we just hit... 800 subscribers as of a few a few minutes ago. So, thank God for that. Um, very happy. I think, man, I'm just thankful. I changed the format of how we do our videos, and so, you know, hopefully you guys would like the the new shorts. You go little. You just gotta change it to pro. There's then there's pro video as well. Pro videos for the videos. It works the same way as well. So, today we're calling it Holy Ghost Philanthropy. I want you to go with me, if you have your Bibles, to um, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Alright. Let me know where you guys are watching from, too. Where are you guys watching from? I mean, I know where Jordan's watching from because he lives with me, but, you know, I know I don't know everybody, so let me know where you guys are watching from today. By the way, unfortunately, there is no TikTok live tonight. Um, I got to figure something out because uh, when I was going live recently and for some reason my bitrate went down to like so low it's in hell right now i don't know why i did that but we're fixing that praise god um i had to try to figure out some settings and it didn't work on me so we're just gonna move on and uh, i'll try to get it fixed for next week next tuesday we're back at it again um but anyway acts chapter 10 verse 38 welcome podcast by the way i forgot about podcasts i didn't forget you but i did forget you if that makes any sense whatsoever Acts chapter 10 verse 38 How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with great power and he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him because God was with him I didn't even know that it was going to link me uh, or it was going to uh, link this verse with Luke 418 which is the next scripture that I had so keep a bookmark at this at Acts chapter 10, verse 38, real quick. And then head on over to Luke. 
because you're going to find something very interesting. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Hold on. All right. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I'm going to read it in the King James Version. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to, uh, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So when you go to the word, uh, when it says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says to do good, to benefit others. Um, if you look at the original word, the original word in the Greek is yurgiteo, yurgiteo, yurgiteo. It's really spelled E-U-E-R-G-E-T-E-O, yurgiteo. I think that's how you say it. So, you know. You were, yeah, you were Jatea. There you go. And it means philanthropy or philanthrop. So if you know what philanthropy is, it's like charitable work, doing good for others. Why is my shoulder? Do I naturally sit like that? Well, praise God. Rebuke that. We ain't been a lean, we ain't finna lean no more. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, yeah, so it means to do good to others, and it's like charity work. It means to do stuff out of love. And so it got me thinking about what are those good acts that, that Christ did while he was here. The Bible says in Hebrews 1 that he is the expressed image of God's will. He is the perfect example of God's will. So you have to wonder what are those, the, those things that he did does, does that mean that it was what the Father wanted? Yes. He is the Word of God. He is the Word. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that means that, that the Word, that Jesus being the Word means that He is the promise of God. He, are, he, is, he encompasses all the promises of God. So when we look at Him, we see the will of God in action. So anytime you saw Jesus, what was He doing? He was healing people. The Bible says he anointed that God anointed Jesus with great power in the Holy Ghost, or you know, you know, vice versa. The Holy Ghost and great power, and he went about doing good, healing all those who were what? Oppressed of the devil. I'm gonna read this this Luke 4:18 in uh in uh, Amplified. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release or pardon or forgiveness to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set those free, to set free those who are oppressed. Remember, he said oppressed of the devil, downtrodden, bruised, and crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, or the day when salvation and the favor of God abound greatly. <clears throat> So we understand that philanthropy is doing charitable work, doing charity for the benefit of others. So here are three things to consider when thinking about doing good to others. Or three, here are three things I should say that will make you a Holy Ghost philanthropist. I'm going to get this on a shirt because I like it. 
Number one, be a preacher of God's word. I want you to go to Acts. Uh, I believe it's Acts 9, if I'm not mistaken. Is it Acts 9? Is it Acts 9? Uh Yeah, Acts actually Acts 6. Acts 6. Now the number now about this time when the number of disciples was increasing a complaint was made by the Hellenists or the Greek speaking Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve called the disciples together and said, It is not appropriate for us to neglect teaching the word of God in order to serve tables and manage the distribution of food. Therefore, brothers, choose from among you seven men with good reputations, men of godly character and moral integrity, full of the Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, and, in, and of wisdom, whom we may uh, put in charge of this task. But we will continue to devote ourselves steadfastly to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The suggestion pleased the whole congregation, and they selected Stephen, a man full of faith in Christ Jesus, and filled and led by the Holy Spirit. I want to focus on Stephen real quick. Now, Stephen, you meet later because he, uh, it is said in uh, Acts chapter, it's the same chapter, um, verse 18, Acts chapter 6, verse 8, not 18, 8. He says here, now Stephen full of grace, divine blessing, and favor, and power, was doing great wonders and signs attesting miracles among the people. Now, you have to understand this. To give you some background, Stephen was not an apostle. He was actually chosen to run the soup kitchen, so to speak. So, the number one thing you can do to be a Holy Ghost philanthropist is be a preacher of the Word of God, and in that, you should be you should be preaching signs and wonders as well. The Bible says that the spirit and the word agree. So when you preach the gospel, there should be signs and wonders. I was just talking to my dad about this, that the reality of trying to prove God's existence is that it's not enough to say, well, the, you know, the universe is just perfectly aligned and all these different things. Okay, well, that just proves that there is a God. But how do you know that your God is the God that is the correct one? Because even, even Paul, when he went to go preach to those people in Athens, remember, he told them, hey, this statue you have here, you know, makes me think about the God I serve. You guys ever thought about that? And so you, the, the, the thing that you have to realize, and even in that, only a few people came to know Christ in that moment. Now, I know people say, well, you know, actually, brother, all souls matter to God. Yes, that is very true. But... The reality of the situation is, is that that was one of his worst turnouts in ministry. So what separates a debate with actual Holy Ghost demonstration? He said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. He said, but I came to you with nothing but fear and trembling and uh, the power of the spirit. So that way your faith would not rest in my wisdom, but in the power of God. So when it comes to Holy Ghost philanthropy, be a preacher of the word because signs and wonders follow it. Um, and you see here, Stephen was a man full of faith. You, the, you have to be a person full of faith for it to work.
You ever notice how people who have no faith are some of the most negative people you'll ever meet? Well, you know, I, I just, I don't understand how that could happen. I'll give you an example. Go to 2 Kings real quick. I go to this chapter a lot for some reason now, but, you know, you're the one who's mad, not me. I'm just playing. <laughs> All right, go to uh, 2 Kings chapter... Uh, which one is it? Is it nine? Um, hold on. Where is that scripture where he says? I'm going to find it real quick because. Okay, I know I wasn't crazy. Second Kings seven. It's just it's just worded weirdly for some reason. Maybe I'm missing it. I don't know. All right, Second Kings seven. And then Elisha said, "Hear the word of the Lord." Thus said the Lord: Tomorrow, about this time, a measure of finely milled flour will sell for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now watch this. Then the royal officer on whom on whose arm the king leaned answered the man of God and said. If the Lord should make the uh, should make windows in heaven for the rain, could this thing take place? Elisha said, "Behold, you will see it with your own eyes, but because you doubt, you will not eat of it." So let's skip down a little bit. Let's skip down to verse. Actually, I'll read the whole thing. Who cares? Now, four men who were lepers at the entrance of the city's gate. And they uh, they said to one another, why should we sit here until we die? If we if we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city and we will die there. And if we still if we sit still here, we also will die. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Arameans. And if they let us live, we'll live. And if they kill us, then we only will die. So they got up at the, twi at the twilight to go to the Aramean camp. But when they came to the edge of the camp, there was no one there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean camp to hear the sound of chariots and the sound of horses and the sound of a great army. And they had said to one another, the king of Israel has hired us, has hired, uh, hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come and fight against us. So the Arameans set out and fled during the twilight and left their tents, horses and donkeys and even left the camp just as it was and fled for their lives. When these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried away from their silver, gold, and clothing and went and hid and hid them. Then they went back and entered another tent, carried some valuable things from there also and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, we are not doing the right thing. This is a day of good news, yet we're, we are keeping silent. If we wait until the morning light, some punishment for not reporting this now will come on us so now come let us go and tell the kings the king's household so they came and told all the and called the king called to the gatekeepers of the city they told them we went to the camp of the arameans and behold there was no one there nor the sound sound of man there only horses and donkeys tied up and tents that had been left just as they were then the gatekeepers called out and it was reported to the king's household inside. Now, I'm going to be a little honest with you. If I was in war, I wouldn't be putting gold in my camp. You know, if I... <laughs> that's probably the last thing I would do, but it just goes to show that the enemy... This is a principle you'll learn. The enemy always makes stupid decisions. 
Then the king got up in the night and said to his servants, I will tell you what the Arameans have done to us. They know that we are hungry, so they've left the camp to hide themselves in the open country, thinking when they come out of the city, they shall take them alive and get into the city. One of his servants replied, "Let us, let, Please let some men take five horses, which remain in the city. Consider this. If they are caught, if they are caught then at worst, they will be like all the people of Israel who are left in the city. Even if they are killed, then they will be like the people of Israel who have already died. Let us, so let us send them and see what happens. So they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them after the Aramean army and saying, Go and see. They went after them to the Jordan, and all the road was entirely littered with clothing and equipment which the Arameans, the Syrians, uh, the Arameans had thrown away when they hurriedly fled. And the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people of Israel went out and plundered the camps of the Arameans. So goods, so goods were plentiful that a measure of finely milled flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in accordance with the word of the Lord as spoken through Elisha. Now the king had appointed the royal officer on whom on whose arm he leaned to be in charge of the city gate and the starving people trampled him at the gate as they struggled to get through for food and he died just as the man of God foretold when the king came down to him. It happened just as Elisha, the man of God, had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley will be sold for a shekel, and a measure of finely milled flour for a shekel tomorrow, about this time at the gate of Samaria. The royal officer had answered uh, the man of God and said, Now behold, even if God, even if the Lord should make windows in heaven, could such a thing happen? And Elisha answered, You will see it with your own eyes, but because of your doubt, you will not eat it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him at the gate, and he died. That man missed out on God's best because of his doubt. God sees doubt as wicked, so that's why the is that's why the apostles in Acts uh, Acts uh, Acts six they chose Stephen because he was full of faith. He had a good reputation. So you want to be a Holy Ghost philanthropist. You want to be somebody that does charitable acts for the kingdom of God. You want to be a wrecking ball to the kingdom of darkness. All you have to do is be a preacher of God's word, number one. You have to understand that when you preach the word of God, it is life and health to a person's body, to their whole being. The Greek word for salvation in most cases is sozo. Sozo means to be delivered as a whole person. The whole man receives deliverance. You receive deliverance from hell. You receive deliverance from your mental problems. You receive deliverance from your physical problems, financial, all this, financial problems, all this stuff. Everything that you need has been given by God. And so when you preach that, see, this is why it is so important that you understand the whole gospel. Because you'll have people who, They'll preach half gospel. And so you have people who are crippled. They, I mean, they've been crippled since the day they got saved. Well, I know the Bible says we're free, but it's not that kind of freedom. Mm, then what kind of freedom is it? I didn't know God had different kinds of freedom. No, there's one type of freedom. The blood of Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't die three different times because one was for physical, one was for spiritual, one was for mental. No, the whole package, the whole thing is sealed. It's it's funny to me because the same the same scripture that we use for physical healing, by his stripes we're made whole, we're healed. 
is the same thing you could apply to any type of sickness, spiritual sickness, mental sickness, unforgiveness. You have broken heart. You have broken feelings. Guess what? It works. So real Holy Ghost philanthropy, number one, you're a preacher of the word. You minister the word to people. Stephen was not a preacher. I mean, was not a apostle. He wasn't a prophet. He was a deacon, and he's preaching the word of God to people. It should make you wonder. That's all I'm saying. Number two, be an answer to people's problem. Be an answer to people's problem. Be an answer to, you know, be a problem solver, I should say. I should have put it like that. Be a problem solver. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We talked about this yesterday. And for those of you who weren't here, I'll go over it one more time in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. One of my favorite scriptures. I said that yesterday as well. But, you know, I don't mind repeating myself because my life is just that amazing. Um... Second Corinthians, no, first Corinthians chapter two. I'm going to go verse. Verse uh, six. Yet we do we do speak wisdom among those spiritually mature believers who have teachable hearts and great understanding. But it is higher wisdom, not the wisdom of this present age, nor the rulers and leaders of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the, the wisdom once hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God, the wis that wisdom which God predestined before the ages of our glory to lift us into the glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is just as it, as it is written in scripture, things which the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, and which has not entered in the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, who obey him, who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. I'm going to skip down a little bit. He says, uh, we're going to go down to verse 15. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Put that in the comments. I have the mind of Christ. You have to understand that. That's your, that will be your next key when it comes to being a Holy Ghost philanthropist. You have to realize you have the mind of Christ. I don't just have good ideas. I don't have to go off of what the news is saying. I don't have to go off of what the doctor is saying, what the bank is saying. I don't need those things to be successful in life. I need the word of God. Okay, I need the word of God. I need the mind of Christ and I need his power. That's all you need to be successful. What does the Bible say? I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll make you the head, not the tail. I'll make you above, not beneath. Simple as that. There's no other. Well, well, I understand the Bible says that. But what what about what's going on right now? What about it? I can't speak for those people. I can't. I don't want to speak for those people. 
I have to hold an account for my own life. If the Bible says it for me, I'm going to believe it. Amen. So, um, when it, so when he says, so you have to be an answer to people's problem. I want you to go to Genesis real quick. Genesis, um, Genesis, let me see, I think I'm going to go Genesis 42, 45, I'm trying to think, it's a big book, man, um, okay, Verse four, go chapter 41. Now it happened at the end of the two full years that Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile and lo, there came up out of the Nile, seven healthy, healthy cows, sleek and handsome and fat. And they grazed in the red, in the reed grass. Then behold, seven other cows came up after that, after them. I'm going to read it in the King James because they'd be adding some extra stuff to it. Praise the Lord. Um, seven other kind came up. After them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, lean and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. Then the ugly, then <laughs> the ugly, that's the amplifier. Then the ill-favored and the lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up once upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it, and it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, and there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then then spoke, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Then spoke, then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in the ward, put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And he dreamed a dream in one night. I and he, 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 we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, an Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, and each man, according to his dream, he did interpret, and it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was, uh, so it was. Me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Thus Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and shaved himself, and changed his raiment, and came in came in unto Pharaoh and Pharaoh said unto Joseph I have dreamed a dream and there is none that I can there is none that it can can interpret it I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it and Joseph answered Pharaoh saying it is not in me God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace and Pharaoh said unto Joseph in my dream behold I stood on the bank and okay so then he goes into the whole dream again you know, I don't know if you want to go over that all again. Praise God. Um, but we're going to go ahead and skip a little bit. So he skips. He tells them both of the dreams. This is what. Well, let me see. So he basically tells them there is none that could explain it to me. 
This is what happens. Um, and Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has show, God hath showed thee, showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years. He's talking about the cows are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. The seven thin and, uh, and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because it is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out at man discreet and wise, and set over him, set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint. Uh, officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in seven plenteous years and let them gather up all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. So he goes down, 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 down. You see, and Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one? Can we find such a one as this is a man in whom the spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, according unto thy word, shall all my people be ruled. Only in thy only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Heck yeah. And he put <laughs> he put him he made him to ride in the second of the, in the second chariot which he had, and they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. I'm gonna stop there. This is enough to explain this to you. When you become a Holy Ghost philanthropist, it should be that you should be the one with the answers. To your problem and to the uh, to the to this guy to whoever you're is in charge of you. Remember, he went to all his magicians. I was going to say musicians, but you know it's not the same thing. All his magicians, and they could not give him an answer. But here comes this guy. Didn't mean to shake my camera. Here comes this guy with the spirit of God in him, and he's able to interpret dreams like he's the one that had them. Only God can first off favor a person like that, because if you look throughout the story of Fair, uh, of Joseph, he was raised up, got put back down, and he got raised up again. Do you see what I'm saying? He became, he's a Hebrew. They don't even, the Egyptians didn't like Hebrews, and they still don't. But in this case, they didn't, and guess what? He put him in charge. Pharaoh put him in charge. Why? Because he had the answers. When you have Holy Ghost answers, the world has no choice but to, to let you be. They have no choice. The Bible says that Jesus grew in stature with both God, stature and favor with both God and man. With both God and man. That should let you know. 
that the favor of God will cause you to grow in favor with man. Now, obviously, you're not going to bow down and, you know, kiss tail and then deny God. Remember, matter of fact, even Joseph said, it's not in me that, that, that I can interpret dreams. It's the power of God. So have the mind of Christ. Understand, and I want you to put this in the comments. I have the mind of Christ. The next thing I want you to put in the comments. I am a problem solver. Amen. Praise the Lord. You are a problem solver. We're not meant to be sitting here struggling. We shouldn't be struggling with the same things the world's struggling with. If you're a Christian, and I'm not saying this to be that guy, but this is reality. If you're a Christian and you have the joy of the Lord as your strength and you're still struggling with depression, we need to pray. Because you are, you are supposed to be set apart. If you're fighting the same demons that the world is fighting, there's something missing. That's the reality that we have to deal with. That's the reality. You're called to be a problem solver, not a person, you know, let's just pray. You know, I can't stand that. The Bible says if you have the ability to do something, do it. If you have the ability to help somebody with something. He was, you know, James talks about that and Solomon, but James said this, and it's funny that James said it. He's like, if you know a person who's struggling, you talk about faith, you say you have real faith. If you see a person who's struggling, and you tell them, hey, go in peace. Everything's going to be all right. But then you don't give them food. You don't give them money. You don't give them clothing. What are, what are you doing? What are you doing? You have the ability through the Holy Spirit to be somebody's answer. The Bible says when they, when they went to the gate called beautiful, this is when they were about to go in for prayer. Peter and John, they saw a crippled man at the gate. Now, this man had been there for years, begging, spare change, spare change. So everybody knew who he was. Everybody was like, oh, that's just, that's just Bill. You know, he'd he be doing all that kind of stuff. And you know what happened? Watch this. I want you to really catch what I'm about to tell you. He was expecting money. Now, people say, well, there you go. Peter and John were broke. They didn't have no money. Um, no, they were going to prayer. Why would they take change with them? So he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Get up and walk. He became a problem solver. Number one, he preached the word. He preached the word just like that. Just like that. How simple was that? He says, first off, he says, I don't have no silver and gold, but I do have this for you. I do have some power for you. Then he became a problem solver. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Jesus Christ, the answer. You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of the answer. So that means you should be thinking like the answer. I should not be talking about, guys, let's just pray there's the mental health crisis. That doesn't do anything for anybody. That just makes people realize how effeminate and weak you are. If you're supposed to be a leader and you have the Holy Ghost in you, you don't declare a mental health crisis. The Bible say when men say there's a casting down, I will say there's a lifting up. And I will say that this crumb better get out of my eye in Jesus name. Now, if you know that the Bible says that, stop speaking what the devil wants you to speak. If you have the news constantly telling you what's going to happen, what's going this, what's going that. Now, the devil don't know the future. He has his plans. You should be the answer to those problems. 
You should say, no, that's going to affect the world, but it can't affect me. Well, actually, no, it's going to affect the believers too. Uh, no, it's not. The Bible, the Bible says that the righteous shall eat plenty in famine. Amen. I'm not, look, I don't care what people tell me, bro. They'll give you all the answers in the book on why it can't work. Well, you know, I know you believe that prosperity gospel and stuff, but there's people starving. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what are you doing about it? You ever notice how people only have an issue with people starving when you start talking about money, but you don't ever see them feeding the poor. You don't ever see them clothing naked. No, they only care about that when you make them feel uncomfortable. I just made people mad. It's all right. I'll be here till tomorrow. It's all right. It's all right. I, I'm, I'm good. I, I understand. I'm not I'm not on everybody's like list of Facebook friends now. I'll be all right. And, you know, but I'm saying be an answer to people's problems. Stop waiting. You know, it, like that waiting on God mentality. You know, we're just waiting on God, you know, to come through, um, you know, you know, it's, it's all in God's time. And whenever he gets well and good and ready, um, he's well, good and ready. He's very well, good and ready. He's waiting on you. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I like how the Amplified puts it. He gave us all things to let us live a dynamically spiritual and godly life. Dynamically. That means it's always growing. It's always, I mean, power. Boom, boom, bow. You know, that's dynamic. Not this boring life. Amen. Let's just gather around and pray. Let's pray for Israel. Let's just, no. Do something. Do something. I heard a guy say one time, boldness is not an action. It's not a, a, a feeling. It's an action. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but be if you want to be the answer to somebody's problem, do you know, you may not be called to be a preacher. That's fine. You may not be called to be behind the pulpit, but the least you can do, the least you can do. Send somebody who is either you're on the sending part or you're on the you're on the front line. You fund it or you 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 are it. I'm gonna end it off with this one. This is my last point, and we're gonna close out. Be a giver. Be a giver. You have to be a giver. You know, one of the biggest things that keeps people from seeing the best of God in their life, whether they want to admit it or not, is they're not givers. Well, I don't believe I have to be a giver. I don't believe that, you know, we're under a new covenant. We're under new, we're under grace. We're under grace. Okay, hold on. I'm going to pull up a scripture for you real quick. Um, go to Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7. We're going to read it together. Together, y'all. Put in the comments, if you're not afraid of it, say, I'm a tither. Tither. I'm a tither, bro. I, I don't play with that. I'm a tither, cuz. I'm a giver, cuz. 
I'm a tither and I'm a giver. And I'm glad about it. Praise the Lord. For this Melchizedek, this is Hebrew 7. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham as he returned from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of all the spoil. Tenth? Guess what? The tithe was before Moses. What does that mean to you? That means that everybody who's always been trying to tell you, actually, the tithe is under the old covenant. No, the tithe was before the old covenant. The tithe was before the old covenant. Amen. Say it with me. The tithe was before the old covenant. Let's keep going. Um, he is, first of all, by the translation of his name, the king of righteousness. Then he is also king of sailing, which means king of peace, without any record of father or mother or ancestral line, without any record of being beginning of days uh, or ending of life. But having been known like but having been made like the son of God, he remains a priest without interruption and without successor. Now, pause and consider how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spoils. Mm. Amen. Um, it, it is true that those descendants of Levi who are charged with the priestly office are commanded in the law to collect tithes from the people, which means from their kinsmen, though these have descended from Abraham, but this person, Melchizedek, who is not from their Levitical ancestry, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him, blessed him who possessed the promises of God. Yet it is beyond all dispute that the lesser person is always blessed by the greater one. Furthermore, here in the Levitical priesthood, tithes are received by men who are subject to death. But in the but in that case concerning Melchizedek, they are received by one of whom is testified that he lives on perpetually. Notice that your tithes are not received by people down here. Yes, my pastor may use it to make sure that the church stays fine, but the Bible lets us know that God receives our tithe. You want to be a Holy Ghost philanthropist? Be a person who funds the gospel. Be a person who makes sure that God's house is taken care of. Well, God, you know, God, you don't need my money. <laughs> no. He said, bring ye all the tithe and offering into the storehouse that there may be what? Meat in my house. Meat just means that I have the necessities of my house to feed my priests. Because remember, God set it up that the priests, the priests, the people who are in charge of the house of God are supposed to live off of what's being made. That's scripture. That's the Bible. So be a giver. Fund the mission. And I'm not talking about my mission. Look, look, I want you to understand this. You don't have to give to me. I'm not pushing this to say you can give to me. You, if you, if you feel led in your shanana to give to me, praise God. But here's the thing: find somebody and give. So you have missions. Support somebody who's preaching the gospel in other countries where it's like destitute. Fund the church. I mean, literally, support your local church, the church you go to. Pay tithes to the church you go to, and feed the poor. Now, tithing does not go to the poor. I could go into a whole teaching on that. Uh, I might teach on that next week again. I did that already. Um, and it's a whole nother. I, I can't even go into that. I'll be here till tomorrow night because is that is that deep in detail. So there's different types of giving and they apply to different things. But being a giver in and of itself means I give my substance to God. Even Jesus had people that gave to his ministry on a regular basis. 
He had women that followed him. He had men and men and women that followed him because of the stuff he did for them. And they gave him substance. He had like a few rich women that followed him around. Which is why, you know, I could go into a whole story on why I believe Jesus wasn't broke. But, you know, like I said, I'll be here till next week at this point if I keep going. But be a giver. Matter of fact, I'll show you something real quick. Because I want you to understand this. Be a conduit. I heard my aunt say this one time, and it really spoke to me. She said, I want to be a conduit of the blessing of God. And all that means is I want to be something that the Holy Spirit, whenever that God can trust me with his money, that it doesn't just stick with me. Like, I don't take money, and then the, the people that need it don't get it. No, that's not how he works. Go to Malachi chapter 3 if you want to. I'm going to read from verse 10, and we'll keep going. Bring all the tithes or the tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you so great a blessing until there is no more room to receive it, then I will rebuke the devourer for your sake and he will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field drop its grapes before harvest. He says, also, all nations shall call you happy and blessed for you shall be a land of delight. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord, but you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it if we keep his ordinances and walk around like mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the arrogant, happy and blessed. Evildoers are exalted and prosper. And when they test God, they escape unpunished. Mm. So you have to understand this in this particular scripture right here. God was saying, hey, you guys have been doing everything right except this one thing. You stop bringing the tithe. You stop bringing your offerings. Remember, this ain't about me. I'm not talking about that. I don't. Hey, hey, hey. If you feel it in your shana, no, that is up to you. Praise God. All I'm saying is, is that be a giver. Be a giver. Support the kingdom. You may not be called to preach like I'm doing right now. I realize that that not everybody's called to preach. I'm, you know, that's 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 a given. But you are called to still fund the gospel. You know. Think of it like this. When Jesus said, "Hey, when they when they were talking about, hey, give Caesar what Caesar, give God's what give God what's his." Let me ask you this. Is the fish that the money came out of his mouth was he a preacher? Was the fish a preacher? No. But it funded the gospel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So be a person that God can trust with finances. And as you do, he'll trust you with more. So the three things, let's go over them one more time. Number one, be a preacher of God's word because the word of God is life and health to the person that's listening as well as the person preaching it. Y'all don't know this, but this thing feel real good to me. Amen. And remember Stephen, Stephen preached the word of God. He wasn't even an apostle. He wasn't even a prophet. He wasn't an a, a, a evangelist. He was a deacon. He had a man-made position in the church. It wasn't a God-ordained position. Number two, be an answer to people's problem, right? Be an answer to people's problem. Joseph was an answer. And remember that you have the mind of Christ. The mind of who? Christ. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is your source of energy, your source of power. The Holy Ghost has been joined to you. So I'm no longer hoping that God hears me. I know he hears me when I'm speaking and I know he's going to give me clear instruction. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God 
who gives liberally. God loves to give wisdom. He loves to make sure you give wisdom. Amen. He loves to make sure you give wisdom. And number three, be a giver. Be a giver. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person that's listening to this right now. I thank you, Lord, that you've pointed out to us how to be Holy Ghost philanthropists, how to be people that just be the Christian that you called us to be. To be Book of Acts Christians, to, to, to feed the poor, to support the gospel, to be an answer to people, whatever they're dealing with. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that causes us to do these things. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, tonight is the time to do so. Today is the day of salvation. Seriously, don't hold it off anymore. Time is short. The world as we know it is coming to a close. God is soon to return for people that are that are washed clean in the blood of Jesus. Washed white as snow. Woo-woo! Don't it make you happy to know that you can be saved today? That you don't have to spend another day outside of the will of God for your life? You know what separates you from the will of God? Sin. Where does sin come from? It comes from the devil. The devil rejected the voice of God. He did his own thing. He tried to rebel against God. And so he fell. He fell down. And guess what? Now he's around here trying to get people to fall with him. He's so mad at God that he'll try to get to you and cause you to sin. You know how he does it? He makes you think, number one, that God doesn't exist. He makes you think he doesn't exist. And number two, if you do think he exists, he makes you think he's the problem. You know, what's funny is I, I, I had this example pop up in my head recently. Let's say you're blind and I keep smacking you upside the head. Now you can't see who's doing it. And I just keep saying, stop smacking him, Sarah. Whoever Sarah is. <laughs> Whoever says, stop smacking him, Sarah. Right. Um, now, if you don't know, if you've never seen Sarah, you've never seen me, you won't know who's doing it. You just know that I keep yelling in your in your defense. Stop hitting him, Sarah. But let's say your eyes become open and you, I, you I'm starting. I'm still smacking you upside the head. You will realize very quickly that Sarah ain't done jack to you. The reality of the situation is that the devil has taken away many things from many people in this world, and he's made people think that God is behind it. He's made people think that for some reason God is playing both sides, like he's evil and he's good at the same time whenever the situation fits. Well, I'm the God who creates evil and, and good. No, when he said that in Isaiah, that didn't mean he creates evil. The evil in that verse meant calamity, and it was judgment against people who were doing evil things. So let's use context next time we just spew out wicked doctrine. Amen. But real talk, though. Today's the day of salvation. Why hold it off any longer? Why continue to blame God for the things the enemy did? The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I've come for one purpose, that they may have life and that they may enjoy it to the full till it overflows abundantly. That's the life Jesus Christ came to give you. He took the sin of the world on his back. 
He took the sickness in his body. You know, crucifixion was supposed to take three days. He died in six hours because of how much pain, how much stuff he took on his back. Everything, his whole body was ridden with sin. He took the separation of God. He became separated from his father for you and me's sake. He took our place. We took his righteousness. But your righteousness is only activated when you say, Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. If that sounds like you, if you're tired of living the life like you've been living, if you're ready to commit to God and realize that I want a relationship with the real Lord, with the real God, Jehovah, I really want to know him for myself. I'm, I'm tired of knowing what, what, what the enemy has been teaching me. I'm tired of knowing what angry people have been teaching me. I'm ready to know him for myself. I want you to put a hand emoji in the comments and we're going to pray. We're going to pray together. And I want you to say this prayer with me. Now, I'm not saying this prayer and I want you to say this prayer with me as a recital because I, 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 you know, this is what you have to do to get saved. But I'm doing this because this will teach you how to pray and it'll give you the necessary tools on how to how to confess your faith to God, how to confess your faith before men. What the heart man believeth. And with the mouth unto salvation, you have to confess that Jesus is Lord with your mouth. And if that sounds like you, I want you to say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned and I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord of my life. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And fill me with the Holy Spirit, as you promised you would, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Congratulations. You have, look, when I tell you, you made the right decision in life. Today, you did. Your eternal address has been changed. You're no longer on your way to fire and brimstone because of the enemy's lies. You are now solidified. You are now solidified in the kingdom of God. You've been transferred out of darkness into the kingdom of light. You are a new creature in Christ. Everything you did before 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time has been washed away from your record. You are completely clean. You know how God sees you? He sees you as a mighty warrior for the kingdom of God. Amen. He doesn't see you as a loser chunk, as a, as a bum, <laughs> you know. It, maybe I shouldn't have said that, on, you know, when I'm trying to make an example, but amen. So you, you did the right thing, regardless of what I just said. Um, I appreciate you for doing that. And look, I want you to do me a favor. Uh, there, you should see, I'm going to put it on Facebook and all these other places as well, because I realize that they don't see it. Um, I want you guys to fill out this form at destinyyth.com slash I just got saved. Fill it out. Let us know you just gave your life to the Lord. Seriously. I, I really want to do that. I want to pray for you. We just had a person two days ago recommit their life to the Lord. So it's it's a blessing to, to see that. You know, I this is what I live for, you guys. I don't do this for any other reason other than to win souls to Christ. That's right. The sinner's prayer is not just for the unsaved. It's for people who have walked away from the faith. If you and for people who maybe you've lived for God, but you've never had a you've never had a day where you said, Lord, this is the day that I gave it to you. I gave everything to you. I may not even remember the day, but I know I had a day. 
Because I remember I was four years old when I gave my life to the Lord. I remember I was at a whole, I was at a, a, a Bible study on a Wednesday night. I was at a Bible study on a Wednesday night. And uh, I heard the pastor talk about hell. And I said, I don't want to go to hell. And that's the moment I knew that I was saved. For some reason, that right there was for me the moment I knew I got saved. I remember that. I don't remember anything else from that night. I just knew I was saved. And it's funny, you know, I always knew the hand of God was on my life. So as you as you live this Christian walk, you will begin to do things you've never done before. You'll want to live right. You'll have this burning desire to want to do right by God. Not because I'm trying to prove myself to God, but because you love him, because he's your friend, because he's your dad. Because of the blood of Jesus. I don't want to, I don't want to waste what the blood of Jesus did for me. It made me clean. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's for. And also, as you fill out that form, uh, when you fill out the form, there's going to be a, a link to a small podcast, about a nine-episode podcast. Um, the episodes are shorter than 10 minutes, probably like five to nine minutes long. And they're going to just go over basic Bible doctrine, doctrine with you that will help you to live the Christian life. So I really appreciate you for doing that. And uh, I, that's my thank you gift to you. You know, I would like to give out some free shirts one day. That's what's going. That's what it's going to be. Um, but anyway, the next thing up is obviously, you know, we out here doing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you want to support a ministry that is reaching people left, I mean, just this week alone, just this week alone, y'all, we reached 30,000 people. That is literally crazy. In our first year, we reached 177,000 people. But this week alone, because of the new format of video we've been doing, the way God has been blessing, we've been reaching, we've reached 30,000 people alone with the gospel, with Bible truth. And if that sounds like something you want to be part of, man, partner with us, bro. I mean, Cash App, you know what I'm saying? We got Cash App. We got the Venmo. Uh, we got PayPal. We got Zelle. Hey, scan the QR code if you want to, you know? Hey, uh, Jordan. Oh, there you go. He got it. Never mind. You know, I thought I was going to have to do it. You know what? Jordan out here doing this thingy thing thing thing. So, yeah, you can you can either scan the QR code or you can just click the links down there uh, in the chat. They're all there for you. You know what I'm saying? I really appreciate it. Everything you guys give to this ministry, specifically to this ministry, goes straight back into making sure that the ministry is run smoothly. We don't take any of it and go out to Applebee's with it. Um except like twice a month. No, I'm playing. No, we don't do it at all. You know, we don't do that. Look, I don't play with people's money. I'll tell you that right now. I read about Eli and his sons. I said, no, nah, brother, y'all can have that Shonda. Amen. I'm good. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So obviously the Bible says, as you give, it will come back to you in good measure. So this isn't just to help fund the gospel. The Bible says that first off, any soul that we saved, any person we reach is credited to you. So every person is credited to you. Yeah, that's you. You right there. Boom, boom. Okay. Also, the Bible says that when you give, it will come back to you in good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over, and men will give to you. God will cause people. He will mobilize people to bless you because you've blessed his kingdom. Because you've said, God, I'm going to take because money is my time. Money is my talent. I'm going to take my time and my talent and give it to you. Well, what if I don't have money? Get a job. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, 
I'm not trying to be that guy, but like, if you don't have money, just get a job. Um, that's what I had to do. I was like, Lord, I want to give. He was like, you ain't working. I was like, you know, and that's what helped me. Seriously, that's what helped me. I'm not trying to be funny. That's what helped me. So I really appreciate you guys giving everything you guys have uh, done to support what we're doing. Those of you who are already supporting, um, you know, we had a couple people, our highest amount of money given to us was $50. So that took, you know, God has been good and gracious to us. And so we just, we're just thankful. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pray for your guys' giving and then uh, we'll, we'll call it a night and then I'll be back on Tuesday. But Father, we thank you for every person that gave today. Father, we thank you that you've mobilized people to bless them already. Lord, man, we just give you praise because you're faithful to your word. And that we understand that you will cause every earthly favor and blessing to follow us. That money will chase us down because we've decided to chase you down with our whole hearts. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right. That's how my pastor says it. You know what I'm saying? But hey, I love you. I will see you guys again next Tuesday. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. I love you. I'll see you guys next time. Adios. Thank <laughs> you.